Warning, this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences. This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. This is the interview edition for the week of UFC Fight Night. Hermanson versus Strickland and the former Jack Hermanson. The former, of course, of the two names mentioned as the headliners of this event, will be joining me on the show. The Joker talking about his strategy to take down Sean Strickland, who is 4 0 since moving back to the middleweight division, has not lost a round in the division. A very intriguing fight. I believe that Hermanson is undoubtedly the toughest competition that Sean Strickland will have fought since re entering the middleweight division. We'll also be joined by three Canadians who will be on the card. Three of the four. Alexis Davis will not be on the show. However, the other three will. We've got Hakeem Dawadu. We've got Marc-Andre Berriou, who went undefeated in 2021, and Malcolm Gordon, all of whom will join me on the interview edition of the TSN MMA show. And let's get it started right about now. Here is the Joker, Jack Hermanson. He represents two of the happiest countries in the world, Sweden and Denmark. It's no wonder this man always has a smile on his face. He's Jack Hermanson. Uh, did I get that right? I'm trying really hard to do the Swedish version of your last name. Hermanson. Hermanson, that was pretty good, but it is Sweden and Norway, not Sweden and Denmark, so I have to correct you there. Well, those are still two of the <laughs> happiest countries in the world. So I, yeah. I'm getting them confused. All the Scandinavian countries are, are entering my brain and, and forming their own kind of United Kingdom. So uh, thank yeah. you for doing this. Appreciate it. You're in the main events once more, uh, this time against Sean Strickland. Now I look at Sean Strickland, and in the middleweight division, he has 100% takedown defense, but he's only had to stuff one takedown during his time in the middleweight division. So I'm thinking you're going to test that early and often? Yeah, definitely. You know, and that makes a difference, right? When you don't have people shooting on you, you're going to be able to defend them. But uh, I'm definitely going to mix, mix it up in there, uh, both with my striking and my takedowns and my grappling. So he's, he's going to feel it all. Now, Strickland looks fantastic so far in the middleweight division. You're an underdog as a result of that, but do you think that people are overlooking the stylistic matchup here? Because I think when you look at the stylistic matchup, you're also a pretty good volume striker, so if it goes into that world, you're going to be able to handle that. And then, of course, the takedowns, the submission game. I think you being the bigger fighter of the two since he's you know has fought previously in the welterweight division, that could work to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, I, I don't get why why I'm a, I am the underdog, but uh, as he mentioned there, I kind of nullify his his skills with mine because he usually beats people by pressure, you know, and by conditioning, and uh, I do handle both uh, very well. So I think it's gonna be be really hard for him, and it's gonna come down to 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 the skills in the end. I've heard stories of Sean Strickland asking baristas from Starbucks to come and spar with him. This guy seems to have sparred with everybody on the planet. Have you, star- have you <laughs> sparred previously in any uh, way, shape, or form with Sean Strickland? I have not sparred with Sean Strickland yet. <laughs> you and <laughs> I might be, be the first... only ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will be the first time in, in, uh, on Saturday. <laughs> Do you watch interviews with him to get a sense of what your opponent's like? Because he's a pretty dark fellow, Sean Strickland. He has a lot of uh, really interesting thoughts that most people would probably keep to themselves. Yeah, exactly. He, he, I've seen a few clips uh, from him, and he's definitely an interesting uh, character. So uh, I, I've actually never get gotten so many messages with people wishing me to beat somebody up. So uh, uh, yeah, it's a first. What kind of messages do people send you? 
and they just want me to destroy him, you know. Uh, they don't seem to like him very much. Well, like I mentioned, <laughs> he kind of has a few screws loose, and I think that's putting it lightly. I think he, he would probably agree with that. I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Uh, when you yeah. hear interviews with him and hear him talk like that, does that enter into your mind at all, that you're entering the cage with kind of an, an interesting, inter- interesting individual, I guess I would say? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit funny to uh, uh, to listen to, but I don't think it affects my way of uh, thinking about the fight or anything like that. You know, people want me to beat him, but guess what? I'm always trying to beat my opponent, so it's no difference. <laughs> There's never been an opponent where you're trying to beat them more than a previous opponent. It's just always the same approach. Exactly, you're always doing your best in there. You know, there is no difference at all. I'm sure everybody's asking you about Hamza Shemaev and this grappling bout that you had with him. Uh, people are very intrigued by this individual, but you, you've been in there, you've kind of felt him. How strong is he? For a guy that's going to be fighting prominently at welterweight, were you surprised by how strong of a guy he is? Mm, I wasn't surprised since I trained with him before, but I know that he is very, very strong. And uh, the first time, though, when we were training together, I was extremely surprised. You know, he's on uh, just, yeah... It is not normal for a guy at his size to be that strong, so it's kind of cool. So even at middleweight, he's, he would be a strong guy, you think? Like if he was in the UFC and decided to compete you know, at, at that weight class, he would still, you think, be strong compared to most middleweights? Well, physically strong, he would be physically strong in light heavyweight as well. Wow, okay. <laughs> so, so if you're looking at somebody who has the potential to be a three-division champion, you think Hamza Shemaev might have that potential? It's a hard thing to do, you know, and it's more than about being strong. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I know his, his potential is probably unlimited. Uh, he, he has great potential. But, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen him against the greatest opponents uh, yet, the greatest competition yet. Uh, so after his next one, I think we're going to know how he really deals with the, the best fighter uh, fighters in, in the UFC. And uh, we'll take it from there. But... Uh, his, his potential is uh, probably unlimited. I'm always surprised by some of the bigger uh, fighters in your division that they don't move up to light heavyweight because of the stylistic matchup, although we are starting to see a lot more grappling in the light heavyweight division. Have you ever thought of dipping your toes in the water at 205 if you ever got a short notice call, or are you pretty much the perfectly sized middleweight? Um, definitely the perfectly sized middleweight, you know. Uh, people have always wanted me to try welterweight and, and so on, so I'm not, I'm not that huge middleweight either. Uh, so I, I definitely would feel a little bit too small in uh, in uh, in light heavyweight. I definitely think that I could beat a lot of guys, but uh, um, definitely I think I will perform better in in middleweight than light heavyweight. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll see. Should I be if I would become the champion middleweight, uh, I might be thinking about. Uh, both going down to welterweight or going after light heavyweight, but uh, one thing at a time. Now, you only fought once last year against Edmund Shabazian. You were successful in that particular matchup. I know you like to fight more than once a year. It's the first day of February when we're speaking right now. Are you expecting to fight three times this year since you're getting an early start in 2022? I would love to, but the thing is that, uh, you know, since I'm climbing up in the division, there is fewer and fewer options that are interesting uh, as well especially since I already fought a couple of guys uh, ranked above me as well. So, yeah, we, we will see. But uh, the most important thing right now is to get uh, the, the right matches, you know, the right opponents uh, that are, uh, you know, taking me somewhere. When you look at the championship with 
Israel Adesanya, he hasn't fought a lot of great grappling-based fighters in the past. I mean, Yoel Romero would probably be number one, but Yoel didn't even attempt to really grapple with him throughout that bout. So if you are able to beat Sean Strickland, you're a fresh opponent for Israel or Robert Whitaker. You, I don't think you've fought Robert Whitaker before, if I'm not mistaken. So do you think that that is going to be a priority with them? Because I know that on the same card as them, you're going to see uh, the Cannoneer bout uh, with Derek Brunson. So with uh, you being a fresh opponent for both of those guys, do you think that is favorable for you? Absolutely, definitely. Since Brunson fought Adesanya and Cannoneer has fought Whitaker. I think, uh, you know, some fresh blood uh, would be nice to see in there. And uh, I think that would excite uh, the upcoming champ as well. So you got to correct me earlier, so I get to correct you as well. Brunson also fought Whitaker, one of the best one-round fights you'll ever see. Fantastic fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've got, uh, I guess, Cannoneer would be a fresh matchup for Israel. But for Brunson, for uh, Whitaker, he's already beaten both those guys. So uh, that that's I guess gives you a little bit of a laneway. And as you mentioned, it is tough for you to think you, you're, you're going to fight three times this year because what matchups in that division are actually intriguing for you right now? Uh, like you said, you've beaten Gastelum already. You've beaten a lot of these top guys. So who else is out there for you? If you look at around in that division and you look at the top ten, who are some of the guys you haven't fought that you think might be a good matchup for you after this? Mm, Bronson or possibly Paulo Costa, even though I doubt he's going to make weight. <laughs> but uh, those are probably the two main guys. That's one of those Without, situations uh, where if you're lined up with Costa, you put a clause in there saying, I'm not fighting at 205 if you decide to just show up at 230 pounds on fight week. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, If he misses weight one more time, he, 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 you know, he shouldn't be allowed to, to, to fight in, in middleweight. And that's, you know, his... Uh, when he when he talked about it the last time, it didn't seem to bother him at all that he was gonna miss weight. So, uh, you know, I didn't didn't like that uh, kind of attitude to it. Uh, you know, but if he can make it, then then uh, de- definitely that would be an interesting fight. Now your nickname is the Joker. What's what's your favorite joke? Tell me a joke. <laughs> I don't have many many jokes. Uh, but you know, the the Joker is all about this uh, smile that I have. Um, not so much about uh, me, me having, having having jokes, but uh, and to get one just like this, not an easy. <laughs> okay, not, not well, okay. Thing what's the best prank you've ever pulled on somebody? Weight cutting and everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mind isn't exactly operating at a hundred percent right now. Oh, no, no, no. I couldn't, I could, couldn't find uh, no anything in there now. But uh, yeah, the prank. Well, I actually. I have went into an uh, to a friend's apartment without him knowing I was coming. Opened his door while he was asleep, crawled up into his bed, and uh, you know, scared him to, uh, to 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 start his day. So that was a good prank. Yeah. See, I don't know what's scarier, that or finding a horse's head in your bed, like in The Godfather. I think I think maybe finding Jack Hermanson next to you in bed when you wake up in the morning <laughs> might be a scary thing. Although I'm sure he knows you and knows what you're capable of. I don't think you meant him any harm. No, no, no. It was just, <laughs> just all fun. <laughs> and how old were you when you pulled this prank? No, it can have been maybe 20. So 13 years ago or something. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll have to outdo yourself at some point in time. Do you have any pranks that uh, you've ever thought of doing it a weigh-in or anything along those lines? Anything you've tried to do uh, to an opponent? Mm, no, not to my opponents. But my coaches, they are enduring my pranks all the time. See, I think you need to get one of those squirting flowers and just squirt your opponent in the face harmlessly during like a, 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 a stare down and see how they react. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> All right. Well, next time I cover one of your fights, I'll bring you one. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jack. Always a pleasure speaking with you. You're in the main event this coming weekend against Sean Strickland. Fantastic matchup in the middleweight division with big stakes. Uh, always appreciate your time. And thanks for doing this. Thank you so much. I appreciate, appreciate you for having me. Mina Kimdawadu getting an early start in 2022. Now, you've only had one fight a year, I believe, the last two years. What are you looking to do this year in terms of how busy you stay? Yeah, this year I want to be, I want to at least get three fights in this year. Um, You know, I had a few, obviously, injuries. Um, You know, my last fight I fought with a, um, with a herniated disc in my C7. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was really tough taking that fight. I was so injured and, you know, I should have pulled out of the fight, but, you know, I just, I just trying to stay active and uh, luckily um, with good rehab and physio, I've been able to be injury free and start this year. And uh, I'm looking to at least get a minimum of three fights and depending on how the year goes, maybe get four fights. Yeah, it's tough because like you said, you should have pulled out of that last fight because of the injury, but you're facing a ranked guy. And those opportunities are so hard to come by to move up yeah. the rankings that you almost have to take. And I thought you fared very well for yourself. Obviously, you're facing a guy that's trying to take you down relentlessly for three rounds. He ran out of gas. In the third round, you looked fantastic. That round's a five-round fight. I think we know how that one's going to go. Yeah, I'd love to, you know, to be honest with you, you know, after I get past Mike Trezano, and I'm not looking past him at all, but after I get past this fight, I'd love to run that back in a five-round fight and uh, on a fight night and, uh, and uh, yeah, and run that back. I I was injured that fight, you know, no excuses, but I was on bed rest for, for about two months uh, due to the nerve injury. I had, a, I had a, a herniated disc in my neck, and I was on bed rest for two months, and then I had to literally train the last four weeks and take the fight. So I was just – I just wasn't myself, you know what I mean? But no excuses. He was, a, he was a good little backpack, you know, trying to wrap my back, but I'd love to run that back in the future and, and, uh, and, and face him when I'm healthy. Well, I saw an interview that you did with uh, with Karen Bryant and uh, Angela Hill, where you went back afterwards and researched how to actually repair a herniated disc without surgery, and it actually took, and you were able to do that without having to go under the knife. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to. I just, you know, I felt like before I go under the knife, I just wanted to see if I could, if there was anything natural I could do, because I've seen a couple people get that surgery, and and even after the surgery, they're still not all good, like. Um, I see Aljamain had a few complications. Um, I see Tristan Johnson had a, a little bit of com- I mean, not, uh, yeah, Tristan. I think Tristan, Tristan O'Connelly. Sorry, had a few complications. So I was like, let me just let me just see, because like I was reading online and said you have a sixty percent chance of healing it just on your own. So I went back to Canada. I saw my physio. I, I, he gave me all the all the, the workouts and rehab that I needed to do. I got another MRI, and yeah, I healed myself. And uh, it feels actually better than ever. Well, that's definitely good to hear. Now, I've got a question for you. In your UFC career, who has shot for more takedowns, you or your opponent, Mike Trezano, if you had to guess? I'd, I'd probably say Mike Trezano. You're tied. You guys are tied. Two takedown attempts apiece in your UFC career. So this is probably the kind of stylistic matchup that you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, this is definitely a, a good matchup. Um you know, I haven't seen too much of him. I know he's had a few, maybe one or two UFC fights. Um, I didn't, I didn't watch him on the Contender, but I saw a few of his fights, and he looks mostly like a stand-up dude. So, you know, this should, this is definitely stylistically the fight I wanted. He was actually on the undefeated season of the Ultimate Fighter, um, and and won that season. So he's definitely got, uh, you know, a solid pedigree. Comes from a good gym. He trains with Shane Burgos, so he's he's got good looks in the gym for sure. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, no, definitely. He, uh, he's got good looks. Um, I feel like I just got a little bit more experience. Um, I fought in a lot uh, higher level guys, you know what I mean? Like a lot of dudes, they they be undefeated and, and whatnot, but you look at, you know, who they're defeating and it's 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 really not no one impressive, you know what I mean, guys? Some guys don't even got their picture up on SureDog, you know, four and three, you know, these, these, these you know, guys that are four, five and four. So, you know, yeah, he was he was undefeated and whatnot, but, you know, it's all about who you're fighting. And uh, I, I wasn't really too impressed of, of the competition he's faced. Do you look for bulletin board material? When I say that, I saw again in that same interview that you did that I referenced earlier, your coach Mike Mills showed you, I guess it was an article that said you weren't aggressive enough or something along those lines, and it, like, it kept you up at night. Do you go and read articles where people are critiquing your game to give you kind of bulletin board material going into fights? Um, you know, uh, every yeah, sometimes you run across an article and you hear people talking some trash and it might rub you the wrong way and, you know, it might motivate you. It might it might piss you off. But, you know, this fight, I really just focused on the fight. Uh, my coach, you know, told me to stay off the Internet, you know, and we just really focused on what, what needed to be done, my training and keeping me healthy, getting me in shape, getting this weight down. So I haven't seen too much of uh, what people be uh, saying about this fight. It's February, so it's Black History Month, and I know that in the past you've done a lot of public speaking at uh, different schools. Now, with COVID regulations, I'm sure that's a little bit harder to come by, but do you have anything planned for after your fight, um, you know, any work you're planning on doing in the community? Yeah, no, I definitely would love to um, just, yeah, this whole the COVID thing happened, and then now this, this Omicron thing's happening, so it, it's really kind of up to the city and the schools to, to, to open up, and maybe I can get back on doing what I was usually doing, because every Black History Month I was all around the city doing what I had to do, just, you know, helping out as much as I could. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe it might be like, instead of me going to the school, it might just be like what we're doing right now online or something like that. So we'll see uh, what, what the city's got planned. And how much uh, time did you have to take away from training after, in, I guess, in order to heal the herniated disc? And, and how active have you been in terms of uh, this particular camp? How long of a training camp have you had? So like yeah so like the injury when what when the injury happened 2 months before my last fight you know what i mean so i was on bed rest before my last fight for 2 months and then after that 2 months my herniation i didn't even know i herniated my disc i just thought i was uh i just thought it was a neck injury that wasn't going away but it, it kind of went into my arm my arm got all weak my arm was in like severe pain so, you know, it took about two months and I had to take some nerve blockers two months before my last fight for the pain went away. And then I was able to train um, the last four weeks and, uh, and and get ready for that fight. And uh, after the fight, that's when I went to the UFC PI and I was like, yo, let me can you guys check out my neck? And that's when I actually found out that my neck was herniated, but it was already in the healing process. So. Um, as soon as right after my last fight, I was right back to training. I was just rehabbing my neck, strengthening my neck. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't really stop training. It was only the two months before the, the fight that I was I was off. But after the fight, I just went right back to training and I got on a good uh, physio schedule. And uh, yeah, I haven't stopped. I've just been training. So it, it was like only before my last fight that I had to take time off. 
they just booked a, uh, a featherweight championship bout between uh, Max Holloway, oh, sorry, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and the Korean Zombie. Now, if you were booking the next title fight for Vol- Volkanovsky, and you can book anybody aside from yourself, who do you think would have been the best opponent for Volkanovsky with Holloway out of the picture? Uh, who would be the next the next big guy? Um, you know, I guess maybe uh, uh, Calvin Calvin Cater. Um, yeah. Were you really impressed by his performance, I guess, recently against Giga Chikadze? He, I think a lot of people were overlooking him going into that one. Um, you know, I feel like with, with Giga, he fought him exactly the way you're supposed to fight Giga. Just get up in his face and uh, don't give him room. Because Giga's like kind of a uh, kind of that karate kickboxing specialist, you know what I mean? Kind of uh, really fast off the line. So I thought the way he fought him was like the way you fight someone like that. So, yeah, I was impressed. He stuck to the game plan. And, uh, yeah, I really thought that if, if someone was able to press Giga, that's exactly how the fight would go, and that's exactly how it went. So, yeah, I was, it, was, it was good game planning, and uh, he, did, he did, you know, he fought him the way, uh, the way you're supposed to. And, uh, you know, and I knew Giga didn't like pressure because another fellow Canadian, Canadian knocked him out, Matt Embry, in glory. You know what I mean? So I, I've seen him, what happens when he gets pressured before. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for you this year... Um... How big of a priority is it for you to end the year ranked? Or are you just planning on just taking bouts that are going to get keep you busy in 2022? No, man. After this fight, I want to get back to being ranked. I want to get back to getting ranked opponents. And by the end of this year, I want to be talked about when it comes to uh, title contenders. You know what I mean? So it, it's very important. It's a really big year for me, and I really got to go. So I know you said you're not looking past uh, Mike Trezano, but are there some names in the top 15 that, that intrigue you going forward? Because, you know, there are a lot of great strikers that I think you could really test yourself against in this division. Yeah, I'd love to fight um, Calvin Cater. I'd love to fight the Korean Zombie. Um, you know, any, anybody in that top 10, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice that once you, once you get past um, these wrestlers in the top 5, top 10, there's some really high-level strikers, so there's some really good some good fights from you there, you know what I mean? I've just been kind of um, dealing with a lot of these these Russians lately, so it'll be good, you know, once once I break into the top 10 to, to start getting these high-level strikers and, and really start showcasing my skill. I think another one of the best Canadians in the sport right now is also fighting in your division, Charles Jordan. What have you thought of him? Yeah, he's not bad, you know what I mean? I um I, I didn't really hear about him uh, till a couple years ago when... Um, when he fought T.J. Laramie, I know T.J. Laramie uh, got a decision on him, but yeah, he, he's uh, uh, ever since then he's been looking all right. He, he's not bad. All right, Hakeem, always a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, best of luck this weekend. It's nice to see you back so early in the year. Hoping mm-hmm. to see you fight uh, two two more times uh, by the end of 2022, if possible. I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Of all the Canadians to compete in the UFC last year, no one was more successful than Marc-Andre Berrio. Went 2-0 in 2021, and you're off to an early start this year. It's uh, early February, and you've got your first fight. How many are you looking to have this year, Mark? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, I'm really glad to be here uh, for this uh, new year. Uh, we knew that uh, I have a good year last year, so, no, I'm very excited to looking forward to this fight uh, this weekend. What was the key for you? Was it just uh, moving to Sanford and, and getting different looks, I guess, in the gym? Yeah, what came, it, it, what, 
with, was kind of a reset, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the last year was a game changer for me. As soon as I joined the Sanford MMA team, I knew I, I have to to do some, uh, you know, sacrifices to uh, to be the best version of myself, and that, that's what I did, man. I just uh, I sacrificed everything. I drove down to South Florida, and I just trained every day, all day, and yeah, here I am now. Uh, I'm on my way for the, the my third fight in a row. Yeah. So you're a full-time fighter now. You're not doing anything else on the side. No. Yeah. I'm all I'm all dedicated to the to the sport. Um, like I said, uh, I, I made a lot of sacrifices. So yeah, I'm still living in my travel trailer uh, here in Florida. I enjoy the, the the weather here, but I'm I'm 100% focused on my training, on the fighting, and just yeah, getting better every day. So you bought a travel trailer. So you bought a travel trailer, moved from Quebec to Florida, and you're just living out of that. that that's interesting. So um, what was that drive like to, from, I guess, in, in a brand new vehicle uh, to Florida? Yeah, so, no, I, I really enjoyed this lifestyle, you know. So I sold everything that I have uh, uh, in Quebec, and I just, yeah, I drove with my truck, my, my dog, and my, my fiancé. And it took, it took me three days to, to, to get here. And yeah, so as soon as I parked my, my travel trailer, I just, you know, I, I just set up everything just to, to be sure to be very focused, no distraction at all. And now I can only focus on the training, recovery, and just enjoy this, uh, this lifestyle. And what does your fiance do during the day? She's helping a lot, helping me a lot with uh, all the stuff, you know, beside the fighting. So all the promotion, the sponsors. Uh, so, yeah, she, she's very active with me with all the, the, the marketing. So we are a good team. So you really did change everything. Uh, everything that existed in your life two years ago is basically gone. And it's completely. Do you still have any members of your team from Quebec that have come with you? Yeah. So for everyone that, that, that knows me, they know that uh, I'm still a lawyer girl. So um like this weekend, I'm gonna have my my mentor Patrick Marcel with me and my my uh, training partner since day one, the Julian LeBlanc. Those guys will will be with me uh, all for my career. So it's very important for me to to have this to to keep this relationship with them. And even if I'm uh, right now, I'm training with the, the Sanford team. I just want to be, you know, I just want to have everything what's best for me. So that's the plan. And do you have anybody from Sanford in your corner as well? Yeah. So uh, for this fight, I'm gonna join Henry Oof with uh, with my my my, my two, old, two 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 uh, other guys. So yeah. So uh, I'm very excited to work with uh, with this uh, this this team. Another person I saw you were working with is your your previous opponent, uh, Dolce Lanjembula. Is he over at Sanford full time as well? So yes. No, he arrived maybe uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I think he's trying to. Changes uh, ch- changes uh, his path. Yeah, you know, he, we 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 fought a good fight together, and now I think he, he just want to try to uh, another, uh, get out of, uh, of his comfort zone. So we we had a little uh, of exchange together, but I was very focused on my on my fight, and he, he just started his, his training camp. So I don't know, maybe he will stay with us uh, full time, but for now it's very uh, cool to have him with the team. I know you're a professional, so did you find out in advance that he was coming or when you saw him enter the gym, what was your immediate reaction? No, I just saw him and yeah, I just, 
I I I I go I I I go uh, see him. I just told him hi, hi buddy, and all, all respect. And we took a picture together. And yeah, no, it's all about this sport. It's respect and just you know, be a good martial artist. And yeah. And you've got an opponent that has a real chip on his shoulder, Chidi Anjakwani. He got in through the Contender Series, but he's also somebody who's been around for a very long time. Uh, his older brother, Anthony, actually just competed as well. So tell me about Chidi and what you think of his game. Yeah, so we know that Chidi is a good, he's a good striker. Uh, he's been around for a while, like you said. Uh, even if uh, he's making his UFC debut, the guy uh, still a, a, he's a good martial artist. Uh, he... he Especially in the kickboxing, uh, Muay Thai. So, no, we we, we took him very uh, seriously, and the plan is just to be myself. You know, make 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 it a, a, an MMA fight. I don't, I don't want to be um, I don't want to be the guy who will try to do what he wants me to do. Uh, I want to be the power bar. You know, uh, I want to be dirty. I want to be uh, just like uh, you know the, the 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 big dog inside the cage and. No, I, right now I feel very confident. I, I had a very good preparation with all the guys in Sanford, and I can't wait to uh, to see him inside the cage. Yeah. And who are some of the guys that you're getting good training in with at Sanford? Man, uh, we have a uh, we have a very uh, strong team uh, in South Florida, so I have plenty of good training partners that I can choose and pick for uh, for my rounds and my sparring. I train a lot with um, Derek Bronson. I've trained with uh, a little bit with uh, Brandon Allen. I trained with uh, such uh, a lot of guys, man. And uh, for the last month, I had my um, my training partner Julian LeBlanc, who's, who's, who's came from Canada to train with me, help me. So yeah, no, I'm very uh, I'm very grateful to have uh, all this team uh, around me. How busy has Brendan Allen been in the gym? Because he just got a short notice fight on this very card against Sam Alvey, fighting up a weight class. Yeah, no, I saw I saw this uh, yesterday. So no, I, uh, you know, Brendan is a good guy. He's a very tough fighter. I know he's, he needs to bounce back. So I think it's a it's a good uh, it's a good decision for him to just take this this fight and just come here and get a job done. And yeah, so no, I'm very excited to have him uh, on the same card and especially for the the team spirit, all the energy. So it's gonna be a good night for us. When you were back in Quebec, did you feel like, this is kind of an expression, but you were the, the big fish in a small pond and now you moved to Florida to be a small fish in a big pond to get harder training? Was it getting a little bit too easy for you in Quebec? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That was the plan. Um, I like to say that I came here to, to swim with the big shark, you know. Uh, I just wanna, I wanted to test myself against the best and just, just you know, live this lifestyle, uh, all dedicated, 100% focused on... Uh, the training, um, the lifestyle, like I said, and just have all my head on the fighting. So, yeah, right now, uh, it's like I said, it's a game changer, and uh, I don't want to have nothing else than, than that, yeah. So if you get a, a win and a win bonus here, are you planning on buying a place in Florida, or do you like having this kind of lifestyle because it keeps you hungry, keeps you humble? Yeah, it's it's a mix of both uh, because right now you know it's uh, it's almost a year that that I live in my my trailer, so it's kind of uh, it's okay. But uh, uh, I want more space. I, I want to upgrade. You know, just just to have some uh, we ride uh, for myself. But 
yeah, the plan is to buy something, but not not something crazy. Maybe a mobile home, or I want to stay on the same, you know, same concept. Like you said, I want to hustle more, and I just want to keep going and not be too comfortable, even with the 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 win and the money. I just want to stay humble, be myself, and just try to uh, live this lifestyle as long as I can. Well, like I said off the top, out of all the Canadians in the UFC, you had the best year of anybody in 2021. So whatever you're doing is working. We look forward to continuing to watch your success this year in 2022. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. We've got a stacked card in terms of Canadians this weekend. You've got Marc-Andre Berrio, you've got Hakeem Dawadu, and you've got this man, Malcolm Gordon, who's competing in the flyweight division once again against uh, Denis Bondar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I have not seen Mr. Bondar fight yet, but you have. So tell me a little bit about his game and how you're hoping to combat it. I, I think it's a great matchup. Uh, I know for a fact he's going to come out hot, heavy. Um, I, 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 he hasn't fought in two years, so he's going to be willing. He's going to be wanting to get that ring rust off as soon as possible. And, um, yeah, it's good. I'm thankful for the opponent. Thank for for him taking the fight. Um, it got pushed back twice now, you know what I mean? So it was good. Now, I haven't spoken to you since your first UFC win against Francisco Figueredo. Did you feel like now you're a UFC fighter? A lot of fighters will say that until they get their first win, they don't feel like they're in the UFC. No, 100%, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, that's just it. Especially after a name like that, an opponent. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, people you know. people ask you, you can say you beat Figueredo, and they'll be very impressed. Well, his younger <laughs> brother is not the same dude. <laughs> Speaking of which, I mean, his brother just won the championship uh, in the trilogy. I know, they keep, giving him, they keep giving him poor Moreno, eh? Like, they just didn't give him a shot to do anything else but fight that guy for the last how long? <laughs> <laughs> Might have to do it again, right? Because right? it's 1-1-1. One, one, and Yeah, one. a fourth fight, too. Like, like uh, no, but honestly, like, I feel like there's so many guys in this division that, like, they should have at least made France, like, you know, figure it out fight somebody else. Well, you they have, I mean? they've had a lot of trouble finding another challenger. I know that they had considered Pantoja to face Moreno before Figueredo did. That would have been a cool fight, too, though. You know what I mean? Just to mix it up. Yeah, but I think they were hoping to do that, but Pantoja had an injury. Because Pantoja has a win over Moreno already. So I don't know if they're going to just do a fourth fight. I think a lot of people want to see the fourth fight or if they're going to do something else in between. Well, what happens when it's two and two? Well, no, well, the winner of this next fight will be two, one, and one. So that they can they can cl- stake their claim. Okay, perfect. Okay, because I, I, I don't really, I haven't followed the series 100%, but I was like, man, three fights, like, that's just crazy. Well, did you watch that fight? I actually, I, you know what? I actually have a hard time watching fights, to be honest. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. this to me before, but I wasn't sure because it's in your division if you had checked it out. Uh, a little bit, but it's still, uh, yeah, yeah. I find it so fascinating. So why do you have a hard time watching fights? I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it's a hard one for me to describe. You know what I mean? Um, it's a hard one for me to describe. So it's like a Saturday night, the UFC's on. Do you even think about the fact that it's on TV? No, sometimes I do. And I, I actually did watch uh, my pal uh, Calvin Cater fight. That was sick. Um, you know, I, I watched uh, my other buddy. I always watch Akeem's fights, right? Um, yeah, like the people that I know, I, I'm super invested in. But aside from that, you know what I mean? All, everything can revolve around fighting all day. Because, you know, you put a lot of hours in at the gym all day, all night. And you come back, you know, sometimes it's good to give your mind a mental break. So with that Figueredo and Moreno fight, that doesn't pique your interest because it's in your division? Or or do you prefer to not watch the flyweight fights? It will pique my interest once it's like something that's within um, 
you know, if it's something, a potential fight down the road one day, then it'll pique my interest. But right now it's all just noise. You know what I mean? Because I have so many other tasks ahead of me that I got to get done before I get there. So just to think about that, like it doesn't matter. Right. We got this next guy. We got Dennis. um, And that's it. You know, have you seen any of the other Canadians at the hotel so far? Yeah, I ran into Hakeem. Uh, and then this morning, I like to get like a morning run in. I saw what's um, what's the female? Uh, what's her name? Is the female Canadian on this card? Oh, Alexis yes. Davis. Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis, fantastic. She was yeah, she was she also getting her morning cardio in. So yeah, that's you know that's it. You know, we get it. We that's it. Yeah, there's so many Canadians on the card. I had almost forgotten about Alexis. Uh, I'd spoken to Mark Andre and, and Hakeem earlier today, so I, they're fr- they're fresh in my mind. Uh, what kind of training have you done for this particular event? I, I know that you've got a lot of the guys from Adrenaline out in London in your corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the Adrenaline. I got the guys from Toronto. I got, I got, uh, I got the best this time. You know, uh, George Brito. Obviously, everybody like he gave me my black belt, um, and world class jujitsu artist, MMA previous experience. Like he's probably the best jujitsu instructor, I would say, in Canada. Um, and then you have, you know, Ainsley Robertson with Toronto top team and all those guys there and Urfem helping me out with them as well. Um, and then I got my, my brother from the beginning of everything, Hominic, right? So yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really confident. I feel good that these guys are all going to be there to help support me. Is there another fight on this card that you're looking forward to watching? I know you say don't miss Hakeem's fights. Oh, bro. I didn't talk Hakeem. That's it. I'm only interested in Hakeem. <laughs> See, if you get it done early, you might be able to just go sit cage side for that one. Oh, we'll hope so. <laughs> and what was travel like for this? Any any hiccups along the way? No, it's pretty easy. You know, it's, um, no, there's, ne- there's never much of an issue. You know what I mean? Crossing the border is pretty standard now, and restrictions are a little bit easier, right, with this whole PCR. Like, you know, there's so much confusion over what test, COVID test you need to do this, and it's just one extra thing, but it's not nearly as difficult as it was like last year, right? Yeah, I think last year you would have had to quarantine. I think you drove back, right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. Like... Last year, when we after the fights, we had to like to avoid quarantining. We had to like drive across the border from Buffalo to whatever. It was insane. Yeah, it was a lot, but it was fine. It was worth it. You and I have discussed a, a note sent from the government of Ontario that I guess UFC fighters in Ontario were not allowed to train. They they didn't. Uh, they were yeah. part of the, up, the recent restrictions that they had. Uh, yeah, that yeah. to me seemed a little bit silly, given the fact that they had professional sports like the NHL and the NBA actually taking place in the city. What was your reaction when you saw that? I don't know. It's just very interesting because uh, I don't really know where the you kind of see where MMA stands, right? In the in the whole grand scheme of things, still, I guess it's still not up there with um, the the NHL, NBA. <laughs> kind of standards where you can be like, hey, I'm a UFC fighter. Do I get any sort of exemptions to keep my gym open so I can train for my fight? And they're like, nope. So, yeah, but I don't know. It just shows where you stand, really. Well, this is a one-on-one sport. Like, uh, were people allowed to play tennis during this? I, that's the thing about it that is weird to me. It's like if you're having one-on-one training with somebody, that's a lot safer, I would think, than having full-contact hockey drills or games where you've got 20 different people at any given, I mean, in, if you look at the lines, I, mean, I guess I mean, it's 15. exposure is exposure at the end of the day, right? So there's no way to argue it, whether it's 1, 10, 20. Um, exposure is exposure, right? Like, let's be honest. So it's just, I've, 
the, the rules are so arbitrary, man. I can't even really get into it because the rules are really just so arbitrary. Um, I feel like it's just like this whole bureaucratic cycle of just like, what can we do? What can we not do? And then who is like lowest or highest on the totem pole who we can accommodate for, right? Like well, that's you, honestly the only way you can approach that. But you say exposure is exposure though. But if again, if I'm looking at hockey, you've got three lines, penalty lines, penalty killing lines, power play lines, all, all of that. And you've got goalies. You have so many different people on a team. Whereas with MMA, if it's like just you and a jiu-jitsu coach, the, the risk of exposure is a lot lower. I know you're saying exposure well, is exposure. Know, because we all, at the gyms, we still got like 30, 40 people in our gym, right? Like we got a full range of bodies training with, right? Uh, and I think so like at that pace, like if you wanted to, you know, even a full hockey, a hockey team and a full class or a full mat space of, of athletes training jiu-jitsu, Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking right, along like the lines of if, you, if it was you and like a, a coach exposure, or man. It's just, it's just whoever they wanted to just keep open and and uh, who's ever sport essentially is recognized by the by the Ministry of Health, and that's what it came down to because wrestling, tennis, any sort of amateur sport. Um, well, you read the email, right? Like you, you, you can see for yourself. I read it and I followed up on it, and the government yeah, was, uh, it, it, a form it, letter. It, it's insane. it's insane. So it's truly has nothing to do with the amount of people. It's just this just isn't on their radar and they just don't care. Yeah, I, I found it strange because, I mean, you're going to be fighting on ESPN this weekend and on TSN in Canada this they weekend. And we're talking about national <laughs> networks. It's still, a, of course, a, a large professional sport. But either way, uh, neither here nor there. You've got a big one ahead of you against Denis Bondar. It's this weekend, uh, UFC Fight Night. Really appreciate your time and thanks for doing this. Thank you so much, Aaron. Always a pleasure, my man. Looking good. <laughs> a huge thank you to all of our guests, Jack the Joker, Hermanson, Hakeem Dawadu, Marc-Andre Berrio, and Malcolm Gordon. Looking forward to next week. We're going to have a lot of big guests on the week leading up to UFC 271's interview edition. Robert the Reaper Whitaker. I spoke to him already, and he will be joining us on the interview edition, as will Israel Adesanya, Derek Lewis, I believe Dana White is joining us as well. Should be a big show, as we usually have during the pay-per-view weeks of UFC events. So thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.